Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Isaac Mack. Welcome to the MCC podcast. Today, we are very privileged because we have uh, Sayidna, Archbishop Emil Nona, joining us once again as a follow-on from our very first interview on the MCC. Uh, Our dear Archbishop has had a very busy year, a very eventful year. It has lots going on, so we really do appreciate his time. So, Sayidna, welcome and thank you for joining us. Camille, Isaac, thank you. Um, first, I have to ask you something. Um, I've seen that you've done a bit of media lately uh, with different uh, interviewers. Uh, am I still your favorite person to do an interview with? <laughs> uh, you know, the quality of question you uh, asked is very good, I, I think. But the best thing that uh, uh, Corona give us <clears throat> this time of uh, Corona time yeah. is that uh, a lot of people have time to listen and to contact also. Yeah. So, uh, I had the last few weeks uh, two, three interviews also with the different groups or different people. Yeah, that's very good. Well, yeah, I had in I have a lot of in, uh, questions from the youth. So I've got questions from people in Melbourne, from Brisbane, from Sydney as well. So I'll ask them uh, later on, which is really good. So um, so in the last episode, we talked about your journey from Al-Qosh uh, to becoming an Archbishop to coming to Australia. Um, I want to go back a little bit from when you first became ordained as the Archbishop of Mosul. Uh, you know, so it's, it's in particular for people that don't know what happened, can you explain you know, the events that took place that led up to you becoming an Archbishop uh, of Mosul? Yes, in uh, 2009, uh, the Synod of uh, our church, Chaldean Church, uh, elected me as Archbishop of Mosul after almost two years uh, uh, that the the, uh, Diocese of Mosul was uh, without bishop. Uh, we called vacant uh, without bishop. Mm. Why? Because uh, in 2008, in March in 2008, uh, uh, a group of uh, people they kidnapped Archbishop uh, uh, Paul Paul Farajraho, mm. and after 14 days they called uh, to the church and said that uh, he died, and you can take. Uh, uh, his body, but you have to pay for us. Wow. So the church paid uh, a very big amount of money uh, just uh, to, to bring him, to bring his body uh, to the church. Mm. Uh, and uh, from that time uh, till uh, the end of uh, uh, July or August, I think in 2009, there was no bishop uh, uh, mm. for the Diocese of Mosul. So the Synod elected me as a new Archbishop for the Diocese of Mosul. So I, uh, uh, my ordination was in, uh, in January 2010, and uh, I arrived in Mosul in uh, uh, January 16. Yeah. I remember you visited Australia. I can't remember the exact year, but it was after you were you know, ordained as the Archbishop of Mosul. And uh, I remember sitting down with you and having a conversation. It was in Brisbane. And uh, I remember I asked you about fear, you know, whether because 
yeah. I, I knew the news. I heard the news that the bishop before he was kidnapped, and uh, I thought that he was killed. But you know, while he was in in the um, while he was kidnapped, um, but uh, I remember asking you whether you had fear for your life because obviously you had also a a target on you. Um, and uh, you, you said to me that you didn't really have much fear at that point. Can you explain why you didn't have any fear at that point in your life? Because you had a big target. Yeah. Uh, thank you for the question. Uh, fear is, uh, first of all, a normal feeling in, mm. for everyone. Yes. It's like emotion in every, every person. And there's different uh, uh, point of view, uh, if, if I can say. Psychologically, if we can talk, uh, fear is a normal feeling. Uh, and maybe it's a good uh, to feel fear because, because this fear uh, keeps life safe and alert. Mm -hmm. So when someone uh, feels fear, he can face or confront uh, all challenges of his life uh, better than someone who can't feel anything. That's the, in general. Yeah. But uh, in, our, in our faith as Christians, there is something else, or something different. Uh, we believe that uh, our life is in the hands of God. Uh, so we, we believe that if we live or die, we are in the hands of God. Mm. Uh, as St. Augustine said, uh, our heart is restless until it rests new. So if uh, anyone or any Christian uh, uh, feel like this uh, or believe in this, uh, that his life, uh, every moment in his life, uh, and also his death uh, is in the hand of God, I think he start to uh, estimate every moment in his life. Mm. Uh, he he uh, give uh, 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 importance for every moment in his life. Each moment uh, will be very important for him. So he start living this moment uh, or every moment of his life uh, with fullness. Mm. He, he try to uh, uh, live as a human being, as Christian, in every moment of his life. Uh, whatever is that moment, if it is a uh, happiness, uh, sadness, uh, or uh, he is in problem uh, or in difficulties, uh, he will put all what we have in that moment. Mm. If he believes that, uh, uh, as I said, all his life uh, is in the hands of God. So when he arrived to that point, uh, there will be no fear. Why? Because uh, he, he tried to enjoy every moment of his life. Mm. He tried to uh, uh, feel good in every moment. So there will be no uh, uh, time to feel fear because he will try to become always uh, uh, a human being, uh, a very good Christian in that moment. Why? Because that moment will not uh, come back again. Yeah. So that in that point, I think there will be no fear. So we start with the God, if we believe that all our life and also our death is in the hands of God, mm. we start to enjoy our life. We start to believe that this moment that I am, that I have in my hand, is very important. Mm. 
because it's very important, I'll try to not think about other things. Uh, maybe tomorrow they kill me, maybe after one hour they kidnap me. I will try to not think about that. I will try just to live this moment that I have in my hand now in very good uh, way, the way of Christianity. So in, when we believe like that, I think we will not uh, feel fear. Yeah. It, the way you describe it is beautiful and I feel like it's a feeling of freedom when you, when you think this way, when you have that faith. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When, when we arrive to this point, we are very free, we are uh, full, full of freedom. Mm. Oh, beautiful. Because I spoke to um, Father Douglas Bazi, you know, he was, Bazi, he was kidnapped and tortured and all this. And it was uh, remarkable to hear him, very similar to what you've just said. He didn't really have fear at that point because he just had, uh, you know, faith. He, he just lived in the moment for, for what he was doing because it was a tragic time and there was so much of that happening in Iraq anyway. Um, so what happened in Mosul? I remember, so you had your, the diocese and then things happened, events happened for you to no longer be the archbishop there. Can you explain to people what, what actually transpired? Uh, yes. What happened in 2014 uh, for the city of Mosul and the plain of Nineveh, mm. uh, we can understand what happened if we go back a few years ago. Until we start from 2003. After 2003, there is many reasons uh, happened uh, to arrive to 2014. After Saddam was taken? Yeah. Yes, of course. Hmm. First of all, after 2003, there was kind of chaos. There was no government, no state, everything collapsed. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, start uh, something new in all the Iraq. The political uh, conflicts start very bad. Uh, also, the war of interests, because there's Iraq, uh, it was for for many, it's like cake. So each group or each ethnic group start to think to take something for him. Mm. There was also religious extremists, yeah. groups of religious extremists. Mm. They start showing up after 2003. And I remember uh, in 2014, when we flee the city of Mosul, after two or three weeks, uh, someone called me on my phone and he said, I was in Ankawa in Erbil, and he said, I am the Amir, Prince of ISIS in Mosul. Really? Yes. I said, what do you want? He said, you are the Prince of Christian? I said, I am not Prince of Christian, I am the Bishop of Christian. Yeah. What do you want? He said, uh, we want you to tell all Christians uh, uh, this thing. First, you, that you have options. First, uh, you, if you want to convert to Islam and become uh, our brothers. Second, if you want to stay in the city, you have to pay the jizya, the tax. Yeah. Third, uh, 
you have to leave the city, but just with, you, with your clothes, nothing else. And four, if you don't do anything from this tree, we will kill you. Why? Because he said, this is the land of Islam. So I am thinking of land of Islam. We were there before them. Of course. Uh, almost uh, 600 years from the first of beginning of Christianity. And before the Christianity, we were, we were also there, an uh, ethnic group. Yeah. So how, how become that land of Islam? And that kind of thinking uh, make us arrive to 2014. Mm. Another reason uh, to arrive to 2014, it was the reaction of communities and ethnic groups for what they think it is a threat to their existence. As you know, after 2003, there was a big chaos, nothing. There was no government, no police, no anything else. So each group or each community uh, had uh, his reaction to what they think is the threat to their existence. Mm then they use the violence except christians christians they don't use the violence mm. so we stuck in middle of these groups of the war of these groups each group killed from uh, christians kidnapped christians and they use us just in their war mm. uh, another reason for what happened in 2014 it is uh, this mentality, this kind of thinking uh, that uh, I have to show that I am strong. Mm. Each group or each person uh, or community, when they feel they are weak, they try to show that they are in a strong position. And what they use for that, they use the violence, the weapons. Yeah. And also here, Christians, they don't use anything. So we stuck also here between them. Mm. So all of these reasons, of course, there's other reasons. There's the mistakes that government in that time did in the city of Mosul, other things. But this is the main reasons that make us to arrive to what happened in 2014 when ISIS came and all uh, uh, military or police uh, in the city of Mosul, they uh, left the city in few hours. Very big city, they left it in few hours for some, uh, some group or for a group of people. They were not a very big uh, number of a group uh, of people. Mm. So, we leave the city, we leave the, uh, and then after one, one month, we, they advance also uh, towards the plain of Nineveh. Yeah. So we leave also, we left also the plain of Nineveh uh, toward Kurdistan, Iraq. And they even, they even went into Al-Khosh or just for? I was in Kremles until Kiev in that time because the Diocese of Mosul it was not just the city of Mosul. Yeah. They include also Karamles and Tel Kiev. 
Okay. Uh, so we lived in Kremlesa until Kiev for almost one month after uh, the takeoff of the uh, city of Mosul. Mm -hmm. um, and then they destroyed pretty much all the churches, didn't they, in those areas? Almost all the churches, yes, almost all the churches. The problem that uh, uh, the very important churches uh, we have in the right side of the city of Mosul, it is very ancient side of the city of Mosul. And uh, unfortunately also when they liberated the city, uh, they, they destroyed everything. Mm. They destroyed everything in that side. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, well, if we fast forward to today, there's a lot of obviously tragedies that happened between now, between then and now. Um, I think the majority of the Christians that that left Mosul and those areas, I think they went to Erbil, is that right? And a lot of others left Iraq, you know, for, for good. Um, based on what you've seen from the Iraqi government lately, uh, and even I think the Iraqi Prime Minister met with President Trump recently, um, do you have any confidence that Christians will return to places in Nineveh Plain or even, even even to Mosul? Do you think that will happen again or any chance? As a Christian, uh, we have to uh, have uh, hope that we will go back, we will return somewhat. Yeah. But uh, if we talk, if we saw the reality on the ground, uh, mm. we have to be very uh, realistic, no? And yeah. to say that the reality on the ground is very complicated. As you said, many people, they left Iraq. Mm. Others, they, uh, they are uh, in the Kurdistan and they feel better to live there also okay. than to, to go back to that, to, to that area. Mm. But the most thing important that uh, you have to gain the trust of people Mm. in that area so they can go back yeah that trust there is no more not just in one pe one person in a lot in majority of our people there is no more trust uh, in everything in the state mm. in the government in the security services uh, like police like uh, military, military others uh, and also in the neighbors uh, that's the big issue that they uh, we have uh, not just in the city of Mosul but also in the plain of Nineveh, the trust in the neighbors. So if you uh, don't uh, gain the trust of all these different uh, aspects, uh, mm. I think people they rethink twice and uh, they don't go back easily. So we hope one day, there is hope also that uh, um, families, they uh, return to Karemles, to Karakosh, to Bartola, uh, yeah. to Tulkev, uh, yeah. to Batnaya also. Um, we hope other people go back there. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be amazing. And so basically they want to go back there. It's just the fact that they don't trust uh, their neighbors, their government, the, the whole system. 
Of course, no one, no one wants to leave his house, uh, his properties, uh, the land when he lived, uh, when he was yeah. born and lived all his life. The culture that he uh, that he have from that uh, that area, mm. it's not easy. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll keep hoping and praying. Of course. Um, so on a lighter note, so once again, I. Like I said, I did receive questions from youth from different parts of Australia. So I've got some good uh, descriptive intense questions and I've got some, I think, funny ones as well. So uh, you know, I'll, uh, I'll start with the first one. This was from a young fellow from uh, Brisbane. He said, what's your, what's your favorite place in the world and why? <laughs> <laughs> it's very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> to think about that. Yeah. All the places that I lived really, for me, they were best uh, uh, places. I uh, first from Alcosh when I was born, and then Italy, uh, and then uh, Mosul, uh, despite all the very difficult situation, but I lived very nice time with the community, uh, with the Christians in the city of Mosul. Oh. Really, it was a nice time for me. Mm. Um, and also here, because there's a lot of people there, nice people. So best place for me, it's where, where I can uh, live my mission uh, and live with other people and do what is uh, my mission, as I said. Uh, mm. That's the best place for me. Okay, that's great. I mean, one of, some of my favorite memories as a childhood is I remember being with you and some of our family in the adult Porsche on the terrace on the store <laughs> and just looking at the stars. And uh, as a child, there was, it was just a feeling of absolute peace. It was, it was nothing like that. Of course, when, uh, when, uh, when you were born, it's always something different from other places. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in small village like Alcoresh or other small villages, uh, mm. uh, it's nice to always to uh, to live there, and yeah. there is always a very special place in your heart uh, of that place. Absolutely. Okay. Next question. Um, I think this is from the same fellow. Um, who's your favorite all-time soccer player? <laughs> I have to ask. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, really, there was a player in uh, Liverpool okay. uh, club, uh, and then he played also in Hamburg. Uh, he was Kevin Keegan. Kevin Keegan. Okay. He's very I like. I like it very much. Uh, in that time, in the end of seventies, uh, beginning of eighties, uh, he was very good player, and uh, um, I like him very much also till now. Because when I watched uh, him play, playing, it was, it was a very good time. So, so Keegan, Keegan, I think it's a very good uh, player. Kevin Keegan, yes? yes. Kevin Keegan. I think uh, the person that asked that question will probably have to Google that, them. <laughs> yes, yes, because in uh, 1985, I think he stopped playing. Oh, okay, they'll definitely Google. Yeah. Um, now, this is a bit more serious question from one of our youth. Um, uh, can you explain the Holy Trinity? 
<laughs> That's a very big question. Yeah. <laughs> and different from the last question also. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this question, people always ask about that, about the Trinity. And for them, it's very, very big uh, question. Mm. Uh, to explain in a very simple way, uh, I go back to Middle Age or maybe in the uh, writing of our fathers, father of the church. Uh, they said that there is an image or figure of Trinity. Uh, to explain Trinity, uh, there is an image about it, the sun. There is the sun. Sun. And there's the light of the sun, and there's the warmth. So the sun itself is the father. The light came come from the sun is the son Jesus Christ. And the warmth that we feel warmth is the Holy Spirit. Mm. Good. So uh, you can't look or stare on the sun. You can't, no? For that we can we can see uh, the Father God. Uh, we live in the light, or with the light, but uh, we can feel warm, warmth of the sun. Beautiful. That's the Trinity. So, uh, good. God in itself, He was every every time. He was before the time also. In one day in the history, he sent his son, Jesus Christ. So God become man. In, the, in, in one day in the history, that was in 2003, uh, 2000 years ago, sorry. And after Jesus Christ went again to, the, uh, to his father, he sent his spirit, uh, Holy Spirit. Hmm. So the Trinity is the God, but in different way to feel or to see or to understand God. So if you want to understand better uh, Trinity, always uh, uh, think about this image, the sun itself, the light and the warmth. Warmth, that's beautiful. I love it. Okay, this is a question from, I think someone in Melbourne, uh, we could probably do a whole session on this question, like probably a couple of hours, but <laughs> so <laughs> I wouldn't like to be in your position to explain this one. How, how do you know that you're living the, how, how do you know that you are living the right way by God? The right way by God? Yeah. There's many things. I think first of all, that's uh, to keep going on the way of understanding and uh, knowing the will of God. Okay. We can't understand and know the will of God uh, uh, 100%. So first thing, to know the right way, uh, to living the right way by God, is to keep going in this way of understanding and knowing the will of God. But in the same time, that's the second thing, trying to do what you think or what you understand from God. There is, it's not enough just to keep searching, keep 
going in this way of uh, understanding or knowing the will of God, you have in the same time live what you know about God. Make make uh, make the the will of God as your reality. Okay. The third thing that is imp very important is uh, to believe in the Bible, in the words of God, and also in the teaching of the church. Don't think a lot about that, because the bigger problem that we have, uh, uh, us as people of this culture, uh, current culture, that we think a lot about everything. Mm. So about the teaching of the church and the Bible, we have to believe and to live that teaching or that words of God. We have to have the trust in the teaching of the church. And in the, of course, uh, the, the word of God uh, in the Bible. Mm. Some, uh, someone today, they try to say that uh, not that all the teaching of church is uh, uh, now, it's good for uh, now today. But mm. That's it's ridiculous because uh, uh, this teaching became to me after 2000 years of experience, experiences mm. and after a lot of people who they gave their lives for this teaching, for this belief. So it's not easy to say that this kind of the teaching, that thing of the teaching is not good. We have to uh, take them. Yeah. We don't have to think about that or like that. If we want to live the good way uh, of God. Uh, last thing, I, uh, last point uh, in this uh, question, I think, is to enjoy what you know from God. Enjoy what you know. Because, you know, a lot of people, they keep going and going and going in the way of understanding the will of God uh, without enjoying what they have. Mm. Without enjoying what God said to them, that this moment is very important. Not a try to just understand me, try to enjoy what you know about me. That's and that's the big issue for a lot of Christians. Because if we, especially today <clears throat> in our culture, in our uh, world, because we try to understand everything and to control everything. Yeah. So uh, day after day, uh, year after year, we arrived at one point that we lost all our life without, in this way of understanding, without enjoying uh, uh, the moments of our lives. So if I know about God 2%, uh, if I know about God 1%, I have to enjoy that, uh, that 1%. Yeah. Not just to ask and ask and ask and uh, uh, going in this way of uh, uh, thinking and uh, uh, keeping uh, uh, or trying to understand uh, everything about God, about life, about everything else. Hmm. So that's very important uh, uh, for us as uh, Christians. So in, if I may, it's, it's, you're basically telling people to stop worrying and trying to control everything and just enjoy today. Of course, yeah. of course. We try from one hand 
to understand what God wants from us. Mm. But in the same time, we, we know a lot of things about what God wants from us. So yeah. why we uh, worry about that? We have to enjoy that. I remember someone, I, I can't remember his name, he was a religious teacher. And he says, try, people do meditation, do all different things. He said, but try just walking in the street, go to a park and just notice everything there and notice the birds, the trees, the lady with, with the pram with the baby and understand that God is in everything and then say thank you for, for everything that is around you. And I did that exercise a few times and it made me, it really opened up my eyes to how wonderful the moment is that you're in. And it, and it taught me to actually live more in the moment, just to be, just to be grateful for the day and for all the blessings that are all, all around you. You know, in the past, in the history, uh, our fathers, uh, very, uh, if we go back uh, in the history, for them, the best miracle in the world was to be alive. Mm, exactly. Because it was very easy to die. Yes. So for them, uh, it was very important to be alive. And that was the big miracle. Not like us today. We have everything and we try keep to find, uh, to control other things or to have other things always. Yeah. We have life. We, have, we are in the life. We are alive. So we have to keep thinking that that's the best or the grand or the big miracle that we have. 100%. Okay, next question. Uh, which prayer do you think is the most important one to pray every day? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very easy uh, to answer this question. Okay. Of course, our Father, because the, uh, the prayer of our God, or of our Lord Jesus Christ. Personally, I also uh, do prayers from our liturgy. There is some liturgical prayers in our Chaldean liturgy, they are very, very, very good. Beautiful, yeah. During the day, I try, not I try, I uh, do always that those prayers also. Mm. But in general, our Father is the best prayer that we have. Okay, good. Okay, this question. So, why can't we just confess to God in our prayers? Why does it have to be to a priest? when God knows what's in our heart anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I love it. We have to take a lot of time to, re to answer this question. <laughs> well, let, me, let me say this. Uh, we start with our relationship with God. Yes. Our relationship with God is not just uh, take one aspect or one dimension of our life, or one part of our life, like our, like our soul, our mind, or our spirit. Our relationship with God takes all our life, all aspects of our life. Hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, God comes to us with all aspects of our lives, not just with one, not hmm. just with the uh, 
our mind or uh, our thoughts or our feeling uh, he came or he come he came and he come, come always with everything that we have in one day he became a man mm. before 2000 2000 years ago yes. and uh, he left to his disciples uh, his apostles uh, uh, one not one thing, but a very important thing uh, to contact God uh, with what we have as people in our world. He, he said that we have to contact God uh, with all what we have. Mm. Also with the material thing. So he, he said, uh, you have to see and uh, to contact God also with the bread, with wine, with water. And above all, with people. Mm. So through all these uh, uh, kind of things that we have in our world, God come to us, and we live in Him in all our aspects of our life. So in the that's in general. Yes. In the confession, the priest is the material thing that we have uh, in this sacrament. Mm. Through the priest, we receive the grace of God uh, to, to us, like bread in the, uh, in the Eucharist, yes. like water in the baptism. So the, the priest is the material thing in this sacrament. Mm. Yeah. And the other things very important, uh, that the confession is not just uh, to talk uh, uh, with God or to tell God what I have did uh, uh, of wrong thing and that's it it is uh, more like a converse, conversation uh, between my life all my life my conscience my life and god yes in the confession i confront what i do in my life with the teaching of the god with the words of god with the teaching of the church mm. so i need to listen from someone who knows the teaching of the church and the words of God, what I have to do and how I can go uh, ahead with my life with the mistake, the sins that I did in my life. Mm. So it's not just uh, asking God to forgive us and that's it. That's not the confession. The mm. confession is a, a very important uh, sacrament that we confront our life we see what we have in our life and what the church say about that mm. so uh, if it just with god uh, that i go to my to my room and talk uh, with god that i did uh, one two three four things uh, very simple question how do you know that God forgive you? How did you know that? If mm -hmm. I talk about with God and say, to God forgive me, and that's it. Have I can, how, how can I know that God forgive me? If we do that, so we say that we have just to pray to God and that's it, he will forgive us. We have trust that he will forgive us we will make our faith uh, 
like uh, something personal. We will create faith uh, to each person as his size, measure of each one of us. Mm. The faith, uh, there is a good, uh, uh, there is very important aspect of our faith, uh, that our faith is not something personal, individual, is something uh, regarding the community, the group of people mm. who they believe in God. So the confession is something regarding not just me, regard also our, my community, my church. And that's, that aspect or that dimension of the sin is very important also. Because when I do something bad, it's uh, not just bad for me, it's bad for my church, for my, for my community. Yeah. So I have also to ask my community through the church, through uh, sorry, through the priest, to have the forgiveness. Yes. So uh, uh, sin uh, is not something just for me. Just I did uh, uh, something bad, and that's it. I will, I will ask God to forgive me. But that sin has another aspect. You did something bad for your church, for your Christianity, for your uh, group of people, for your, uh, for the world also. Yes. For that, we have to uh, go and uh, to go to the priest and to have a confession with him. Hmm. That makes sense. That's good. Uh, last question from our youth. Okay, so this one's a bit more serious. So, uh, what do you say to someone that has lost their faith uh, because of life's circumstances or you know they've gone down the wrong path for example maybe as far as even drugs and crime gambling you know someone that's gone that far away from god and and developed i suppose some uh, very poor habits you know like drugs gambling all these things uh someone like that where can they start like how do they slowly start to turn their life around What I have to say to him, maybe first of all, nothing. I have just to stay uh, near him. Because uh, a lot of people, they don't need the words. They need uh, someone to be with him, with them. Someone, they can feel that he, he is with them. He is near them. He is uh, uh, in their life. Mm. That, so maybe the first thing that uh, I have to do is to be with him, to show him that I support him as a human being, mm -hmm. as a person that I am against and I don't respect his acts, what he did. And that's very important also, a second thing, to say to him clearly what he did. Mm -hmm. Second thing, uh, Maybe when he can start, I think he can start not from here himself, but from the environment, his environment. Mm. The bigger problem of people like this, I think that they think that when they do something bad for themselves, mm. They, the result of that thing, uh, or that uh, bad thing, is just for them, yeah. like that. They hurt 
a lot of people, their family, yes. their community, their church. So if he wants to start again, I think he don't uh, have to think about himself, about uh, how can I uh, be a good, uh, good man uh, again, how can I uh, change my life, how can I do uh, good things, no. He just have to be with other people, with his family, mm. with his community, with his church. Yeah. Why um, I am telling you that? Because in our current uh, culture, everything is about the individual. But that's not uh, the human being uh, reality. Our reality is not just me. It's me and other people. So uh, this aspect of our life, to have the people in our life, like family, like church, is essential in our life. We don't have to forget that. So people like uh, this, uh, as you said, uh, want to start again. I think uh, he, he can start from his family and his, uh, uh, his church. Mm. I didn't say his friends because uh, a lot of times friends are not good. Mm. They make him uh, be not good like them. Yeah. Better to, to start with the family, with the church, yeah? and mm. that is very important. Not to have a single view to have also a collective view, a, a view of community, view of other people, and to have a trust of them, trust of them. Yeah, I think it's a very good point you raised, that people have, are thinking too much individually rather than actually we're going away from commu community. And, and as human beings, we, are, we thrive, we are the best when we are part of a community. That's, I think that's the biggest thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, we do have to wrap it up soon, Sayedna, but uh, before we let you go, I, I do have, I do want to just ask you a couple more things. I think these are just things that I've uh, come across in conversation with different people. Um, you know, and it's, it's regarding prayer when we pray. So I know that when we pray, you know, we know the Our Father, we know the Hail Mary, we know the uh, different prayers from the liturgy. But what, sh what should be our focus or objective when we pray? Will we stop just for a moment? Yes. One. Okay. Go. Go. I think, first of all, very important is uh, to let uh, yourself enjoy the moment of prayer. Prayer? Okay. Because uh, prayer for a lot of people is not a, a moment of uh, a moment of happiness or a moment of joy. Hmm. When they start praying, they start feeling guilty about something bad in their life, or they start trying to they start trying to focus about everything, every word, every uh, moment in that uh, uh, prayer. Yeah. And, they, and they lose the 
what, what is in the prayer. So mm -hmm. first of all, we have to enjoy the moment. Keep yourself uh, without control in that time. Uh -huh. Don't control the moment. If your prayer is uh, silence, uh, keep be silent. Enjoy the moment with, with God, front of God. If your prayer is with words, okay, do your prayer with words. Don't think about everything else. Hmm. Uh, many people ask about distracting in the prayer. They said that we, uh, that when we begin or we start praying, praying uh, a lot of things come to our mind and there's a lot of things they distract us from uh, doing our prayer. No. I think that's very important. That's good also. Distracting in the prayer is very normal in our life. Because in that moment, you are in the hand of God. If you try to control all the moments of prayer, that means that prayer is for you. But that prayer is for God. When I pray, I pray for God because I love God. I love to be with him. I love uh, to take a few moments with him mm -hmm. doing my prayer. So when, when I start praying and uh, something in my mind or something come from uh, uh, my work, uh, from other people, from uh, uh, the problems that I have or my family or everything else, don't be afraid about that. Mm. Very normal. Just normal. When you, when you realize that uh, a lot of things there is in your mind uh, during the prayer, in very simple and very easy way, go back to your prayer again. And maybe again they will come and go back again. Mm -hmm. So the best way to pray is to enjoy our prayer. I, I can uh, say that a lot of people, they don't enjoy their prayer. It's like, a, it's almost like, a, sorry, it's almost like they're doing it as a, they have to do it. Yes, because as you say, as I said, they try to control everything. Yeah. Uh, even when they are in front of God, they try to control everything. <laughs> Leave that woman to God. <laughs> Leave yeah. the control to God. Don't control anything. Don't control your mind, your thoughts, your feelings, your body. Stay there. Stay there in front of God. Mm. Try to say your prayer, as I said, in a very simple way. Uh, any kind of prayer, in a very simple way. And try to enjoy that moment. You said something that I think a lot of people probably won't do or are not used to doing in prayer. And that is just, and listening. I remember I heard a priest from America speaking. I was watching a video is that on YouTube. And he said something that really made me think, this was a few years ago. And he said, when you're praying to God, he was a funny, he's a funny man. He said, shut up. <laughs> said, Can you just for once in your life, just shut up. <laughs> and, uh, and rather than just talk, 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 just listen and let, let God actually speak to you. You know, there's a different way of prayer. You know? yeah. uh, there's silence, uh, 
uh, we can be silent in front of God. There's liturgical prayer, there's a, a popular prayer that we do in our family or other way. Yeah. So there's many kind of prayer. Hmm. In our liturgy, there's something very good in Chaldean liturgy that a lot of prayer, they do it two people or two group of peoples and others they stay there listening. It's okay. very good, very good that. Uh, people now, they said, no, we have to, uh, to participate, to do everything, all the community. But no, in the church, we have to be also silent. We have to listen to other people uh, praying. We yeah. have to listen to the word of God. Yes. So everything in the prayer, we have to keep it very simple. Hmm. That's good. I love it. Um, well, we have to wrap it up. So I really, really do appreciate your time. Uh, last thing I want to ask you, um, I see St. Thomas churches behind you there. Yeah. <laughs> so have you had um, any updates from the government? Anything about when church may go back to normal or anything, any progress? Till now, no, there's nothing. Uh, the number of uh, people who they attend the church is, is still uh, 100. Uh, still? And, uh, with the uh, social distance. Uh, still four think, uh, Sorry? Still four meters? Still four meters and uh, no more than 100 people in the church. Hmm. We hope, I think in, uh, in this, uh, month or maybe next month they will do something else i think and we hope okay that's good we'll, we'll, we'll pray for that of course but uh so now i just want to say a big thank you for uh taking questions especially from our youth i think they'll they'll really appreciate that and uh you know um i look forward to doing this with you again hopefully next month <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> next month <laughs> All right. God bless you. Thank you very much. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you.